Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. 2024 win totals for the Big 12 have dropped. From the FanDuel Sportsbook, we'll take a look. What is most surprising? What is least surprising? And also, what looks like some uh, early good bets, good value that you can get on some Big 12 teams as we head towards 2024? Uh, And we're already in 2024, but the football season. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts, five stars in those places. Hey, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get this thing to 13K, so please do that. Also, leave your comments as well. I'll make sure I respond to many more of those. You all want to break down of this weekend's Big 12 basketball action. I had that. Some thoughts about Baylor and Kansas. And look, the Big 12 is still the best basketball league, yes, but just some concerns, some serious concerns about both of those teams uh, moving forward. And so uh, check that out in yesterday's show if you all would like to. All right, folks. So we got Big 12 win totals for 2024. They have been released um, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I have not seen if other books have them. But the number one takeaway is this. The most wins over under any team has is listed for is nine and a half. That would be Utah and K-State. Okay. The least amount of wins is four and a half. Okay. That would fall to Arizona State. That would fall to BYU. It also falls to Houston. Everybody falls in between that range, and mostly they are in between that range. What that reflects is this. Let's just say we go to the uh, the SEC is right above. It's so funny to see the see Cal in the ACC. Uh, Bama is nine and a half. Let's see. Florida is going to be low. Georgia is 10 and a half. LSU is nine and a half. Uh, Texas, they'll probably be nine and a half. I'd bet Texas, 10 and a half. Right. So there already, you've got multiple teams checking in over the nine, uh, over the 10 and a half mark, right? Double digits. Uh, the big 12 is not one of those leagues. I'm sure if you go to the big 10, you will see the same kind of results, right? If you go to the SEC, whatever, and there's only four power leagues now, but you'll see a bit more of that. I think what that reflects is this. It's pretty obvious. The big 12 is going to be a really competitive league. Could it surprise us and be a top-heavy league? Yes, it could. But what we have to consider is this, is that the teams that are taking over the league now, and look, Texas had a great year last year, but there's been churn before that. But the teams that are in the league now have been consistently strong middle-of-the-class, you know, middle-of-the-pack teams. Like K-State's an upper towards top tier, you know, top upper middle to top tiered school last couple of years. They won the league a couple of years ago, right? But they won nine games in doing so. And they had another uh, eight win season, nine, they finished it off last year. Kansas, another one of the strong teams. West Virginia had a strong season. Iowa State had one down year, but normally very strong. Oklahoma State, very strong. Utah is strong. Arizona looks strong from a roster standpoint. Okay. This is a strong middle, Texas Tech, another one of those teams, TCU normally. 
Uh, this is a strong middle class league. And so I think that is reflected in the win totals. I will say, if you told me, Josh, pick the two at the highest, I would have given you, at least if I had to set them the highest, I would have done Utah. I would have done Oklahoma State and I would have done Kansas State. Uh, I think Oklahoma State not being in here and also Oklahoma State guys at seven and a half. That's really surprising to me. Um, I think there's a chance Oklahoma State's roster is a little bit better. Also, they're not going to screw around in the first month of the season like they did last year, right? And I know I think they only lost what one or two games, and that's I mean they got they got killed by South Alabama, and they also lost the Iowa State game. But they they just settled on a quarterback before that. They have their quarterback, and the one thing about this Oklahoma State group this season was they kind of knew who like once they figured out who they were, they really knew who they were, right? Not a team built to come from behind. Uh, they should run the football. The, you know, Alan Bowman, like, throw the ball away as much as you can. Not a high percentage passer, right? Could make some throws, decent receivers, uh, and a defense that can make some timely plays for you. But obviously the strength of the team was Ollie Gordon, right? So I was surprised to see Oklahoma State at seven and a half. That's my number one surprise. And if you told me right now, guys, you know where you should go with that, I would bet the over on that. Oklahoma State, let's look at that schedule one more time for them in 2024. I, I did went over their schedule the other day, but let's do it one more time. The number you need to hit this over, which also, once again, guys, is going to be a um, right here. It's seven and a half. And also to go over plus 122. It's not it's, it's, it's you're getting you're getting money there. Now, once again, these can be tough propositions, but let's take a look at the schedule and kind of talk about this, because I think this is a good, strong value right here. Why does it keep doing that page? We don't want that that page. Stop sharing. Bum, ba, Come on, mouse. All right, there we go. So South Dakota State, now here's the thing. This, this first tandem of games could be tricky, because South Dakota State is really good, and our Arkansas is still an SEC school, but they're both at home. You got Tulsa on the road, right? And you've got Utah at home. If you go three and one in that stretch, you're, you're on pace. At Kansas State, let's just say it's a loss. You're th uh, you're three and two. West Virginia at home, let's call it a win. At BYU Baylor, let's just even say you split that. Right? I've got you at that point. Let's see. I had you three and one, three and two, four and two. You're five and three at that point. So in your last four games, you need to go three and one. Arizona State at TCU, Texas Tech at Colorado. So the reason why I like them going over, guys, is their road schedule is not that hard. At Tulsa, at K-State's the hard one. At BYU, tough place to play, but you you can beat them. At Baylor is not impossible. We have to see if Baylor gets better. At TCU is not impossible. At Colorado is not impossible. These are not really difficult locations you're going to. And your home schedule, you're getting some really – I mean, you're getting Texas Tech, you know, it could be a tough game. Uh, West Virginia could be a tough game, but I like their chances at home. South Dakota State, they should win. Arkansas, they should win. So they do have some, you know, it is, it is challenging. It can't be coin flippy, but like they've got the best coach in the league still. And I think that counts for something. Now they're going up against some good coaches this year. Chris Kleiman, they're going up against uh, uh, Kyle, Will, uh, Kyle Whittingham right there. Um, you know, obviously Joe McGuire's done a good job, but like, it's not like they're going up against a bunch of coaching juggernauts throughout the way. So I, I think you can pick eight games pretty easily. Let's just say one, two, three out of those first three. Uh, let's just say they split those four in the first five weeks, five right here. Let's just say, you know, uh, six between these two. And then you go two and two in your last four, it puts you at eight. 
feel pretty good about Oklahoma State getting to eight wins. Mike Gundy's team, they might not be the most talented team in the league. They might not be one of the three most talented teams in the league, but they weren't, they felt less talented than a lot of groups last year, and they still came through. And the schedule wasn't that hard last year, but still they came through. All right. So what else stands out on this list for over under win totals? I'll tell you what did. I thought West Virginia's number of six and a half was very low. Now, the one thing about the West Virginia schedule, and I had mentioned this before too, um, is that West Virginia this year could be just as good or better than they were last year, a nine and four team, and the record might not be as good. And this is something we're going to explore here in the offseason. But Penn State, Pitt, at, and at Pitt too, we don't, you know, they had a down year, but that's been a really good program for a long time. Penn State at Pitt in the first three games is tough. KU comes to your place at Oklahoma State, obviously, is a challenge too. So this first part does look hard. Uh, Iowa State, tough. Kansas State, tough. At Arizona, tough. But things do let up in this backstretch. So you can give me three and one out of at Cincinnati, Baylor, UCF, and at Texas Tech. I think you got a pretty good chance at a seven win season. Seven's what you need to get, right? Now you need to beat Albany and you probably have to go on the road and beat Pitt. Yes. Um, so the number actually does feel correct, but I think I feel good about where West Virginia was last year and they might play some close games, but I trust their ability in those games to come through. Uh, and so I think West Virginia's number, it's, I guess not too surprising, but like it's, that's one I do feel pretty strong about if I had to put it one way. Also other ones that look enticing Utah man going over nine and a half. That's difficult for me. The reason why it is difficult is because Utah obviously is bringing back Cam Rising for his 20. I mean, we've got two guys who are renting, you know, cars in Alan Bowman and also um, in Cam Rising playing quarterback in the league next year. These guys are old as hell, but you do not know what he's going to look like coming off the injury. So when you, and, and they've got a lot of guys returning, this, this Utah team does. But when you evaluate their schedule and think about that, all right, this looks like this could be a three and one start for them, right? It looks like, you know, that middle patch too, like the October at Arizona State, TCU at Houston, BYU could easily go four and oh. Last three games at Colorado, Iowa State, at UCF, like this feels like a 10 and two. Yes, it does. But how does Cam Rising look? He's old, he's experienced. I expect him to look very good. I definitely do. But I still, I still have to think here is that there is a massive question, so do you want to bet on that? Same thing goes for Kansas State in a different sense. For Kansas State, I'm wondering about the over-under total of nine and a half, and the reason why is I love their schedule. I really do. Um, the issue is, not much of an issue, but like they've got to devise the offense around Avery Johnson. Now, it shouldn't be too hard. Their personnel does fit that better, but we have to see how good of a passer he is and how good – is that receiving core? Are they going to step up? How good is the defense going to be? Can the offensive line replace some of the guys that they are losing? This K-State team is facing plenty of questions. While they've got ability, while they have talent, they're facing plenty of questions. That's why, to me, I'd be skeptical. It's not like a super healthy skepticism, but like I think it's something you have to ask. And look, there's questions about all these teams. But UT Martin at Tulane should be 2-0. Arizona comes to you, so you like your chances there. At BYU, they could go 4-0, yes. Remember, freshman quarterback here. Oklahoma State at Colorado at West Virginia. You know, you could split two of those games, still, you know, still be a two-loss team at this point. Kansas at home, you like your chances in that one. At Houston, take care of business there. 
Arizona State, Cincinnati at Iowa State. Yeah, so hey, hey man, you might say find me three losses. It's hard to do, but they are you know, the good news for them is like these these difficult games for them are all coming at home. Arizona's at home. Oklahoma State's at home. Kansas is at home. Think about where Vegas has these teams. Vegas has Arizona's win total at eight and a half. Oklahoma State seven and a half. They were in the Big Twelve title game last year. Kansas what is at eight and a half, right? So thinking about from that perspective, you've got a ten win team a nine win or 10 win team from last year, a nine win team from last year. All of them are coming to you. So you've got hard games there and you've got a couple, I'm not saying they're cream puffs right now in this conference schedule, but a couple wounded, wounded animals from last year in Arizona state and Cincinnati coming into the league, uh, you know, coming into the league and coming into your building. So I think that is uh, interesting to me from the Kansas state perspective. Let's go look at this as a whole, just run down all of these to make sure you all have a full lay of the land. All right. Cause I think that, you know, there's some interesting stuff with coaching and expectations and all that stuff when you do take a gander at these over unders. So first Arizona mentioned them eight and a half juice to, you know, the under is minus 170. It's, that's a lot to go under over is plus 138. Let's see if any of these move Arizona state, you know, four and a half. We'll see where ASU comes out. There's too much roster turmoil and too much unknown, I think, with that team. I want to see they add after spring or if they lose after spring. could be either way. And that, that could be a lot of these teams. But still, you know, which pieces of depth could you lose? Because that's a big thing for these Big 12 schools. The best schools across the country have meaningful depth. Meaningful depth is something you have to build. Like Jason Bean is a great example of meaningful depth, right? Daniel Hyshaw, good example. I'm just using Kansas guys right now. Avery Johnson last year, good example of meaningful depth. Guys that you can go to that can help you out. You know, the West Virginia backfield, good example of meaningful depth, right? That's what they have to build. Baylor, five and a half. Their schedule's tough, but there is a desperation about the 2024 Baylor Bears, right? Dave Aranda needs to have a good season to win, uh, to keep his job. Now, is that six games? Is that seven games? Does he need a Neil Brown eight, nine win season to keep his ass in the seat and make sure it doesn't get too hot? Maybe. I think it's a good question. We're going to explore this off season too, but over under five and a half interesting line. BYU won five games last year. And there's a lot of questions about that roster. That's why it's a uh, five and a half or four and a half rather. And looks like Vegas does not, you know, it's, it's plus one Oh eight. So it's kind of even um, Cincinnati five and a half Vegas thinks that there might be some kind of uh, progression there. Also Colorado five and a half. I think there could be some high variance there. Not totally sure what to expect from Colorado in 2024 Houston four and a half Willie Fritz's first season. I would take the over. Don't love the roster. Love Donovan Smith. I'm a self-admitted Donovan Smith guy. Uh, not afraid to say it. Said it a million times. But I do find the four and a half number to be an interesting one. A um, little low knowing who the coach is because he wins everywhere he goes. Iowa State, seven and a half. Yeah, man, that's, you know, I, I like their schedule. I thought their schedule was pretty, uh, you know, pretty good. Um, obviously, we don't know all this stuff, but under minus 144. Yes, yeah, significant juice there if you want to go ahead and grab it at that value. Kansas eight and a half. What we said about the Jayhawks is we like Kansas's schedule. At least this is my thing saying we as a, you know, collective we, uh, 
I like Kansas's schedule. The problem is I don't like the location of the games. Okay. They play uh, every other game, some like in a different place. So that is the one thing about the Kansas Jayhawks schedule. And I'm pulling it up really, really, really fast. We can just go over this again. Uh, but Kansas's schedule is going to be, you know, is one that's beneficial to them, but they have got to go to different locations. FB schedules has got this. So we'll pull that up. We'll stop sharing there. We will present and flip over here. And for you folks who are listening audio wise, I've just, I've got these up. That's why this one's one of those where it's helpful actually to watch, but they play Lindenwood at, uh, in Kansas at Children's Mercy Park. They play Illinois at Illinois. They play UNLV back in Kansas. They play West Virginia on the road. They play TCU at Arrowhead. Then they go to Tempe. They're off. Then they go or they're back home uh, in Kansas City at Arrowhead during the renovations to play Houston. Then they go to Kansas State. They're off again. Uh, they're back at Arrowhead. Then they're in Utah for BYU. Then they're back at Arrowhead. Then they're at McLean for Baylor. So their schedule, like they miss Utah, they miss Arizona, they miss Oklahoma State, and out of those, they also miss Texas Tech too. So they missed a lot of teams. When you look at the number of teams they have in the schedule went to bowl games last year. UNLV did, West Virginia did, Kansas State did, Iowa State did, right? So that's one, two, uh, three, four bowl teams from last season on the Kansas schedule. Once again, though, will the travel wear on them? That could be the tough part. I fully expect uh, Lance Leipold to have his teams always prepared and ready to go, but like obviously will schedule wear on them. And also uh, no more Jason Bean. And it's not like we've consistently seen Jalen Daniels always out there staying healthy. God hope, I hope he does. Cause I, I love Jalen Daniels. I love watching him play. He is one of the most electric players in the league, but he needs to stay healthy. K-State, we've mentioned there, nine and a half. Uh, Oklahoma State, we mentioned there, seven and a half. TCU, seven and a half. Back to a big number to go under. It's minus 150. Okay, minus 150 on TCU to go under. So Vegas think it's going to be, hey, a bowl season for them, but uh, we'll see how good it is. Texas Tech, eight and a half, right? This would be stepping up for them. I had mentioned this. If you go once again to Texas Tech, uh, wins by season. I forgot what their win total was last year, but the reason why I liked going under on the win total is because Texas Tech has not won nine games since 2009. And once again, they had not had back-to-back -back winning seasons under the same coach since Mike Leach was there. So because of that, I was a bit skeptical, right? And that's why I'm skeptical about those big numbers. I mean, they might be that team this year. They really might be, but you know, it's, it's not like historically they have, they have absolutely been UCF eight and a half. That's another one I forgot to mention. That's a big number. It's a really big number for UCF six and seven last year. Can you go from six wins to nine wins? You're adding, you know, four, uh, another four power five teams. Can you do that? Utah is right there at nine and a half mentioned that one. And then West Virginia at six and a half. So you see that mixed bag across the board in terms of the totals for these, these numbers. I mean, it's going to be like, yes, this league's going to be a crapshoot. There's gonna be a bunch of six and six teams. That's what it feels like. It's going to be, uh, and kind of in that range, big questions though, for all of these teams, obviously. And then the ones you're looking at the most, 
West Virginia needs to go, needs to have another seven win season of Neil Brown, you know, like at the bare minimum to me, he had to have a really good year. Okay. He's had that good year. He's had a senior quarterback. You know, he's got to keep some momentum rolling. Another back-to-back winning seasons would be momentum in my opinion, right? Dave Aranda is the big number one guy to look at. I think Kalani Sataki uh, needs to have a good season. I think questions could be asked about Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati if they have another rough season. So there are some teams that need to do, you know, need to deliver, right? Like those, those are kind of the three big ones to me. If you said, Hey Josh, who's in the most danger? I would tell you number one, Aranda. I think it's pretty clear. We all know that he's, you know, what's in the line for him. Number two, uh, it would go, it would be, um, I'll go with Neil Brown because it was one good season. He needs to repeat that. And they have not had an identity. They have not had consistency and that's what you need to have. I think if you're going to keep that job. And then number three, I'm going to go with Kalani Stocky at BYU because I don't think coming to the league and stacking a couple five-win seasons is what BYU fans want to see. All right, that will do it for today's show. Let me know what your thoughts are on the over-under win totals for the season. Uh, let me know if you all have any best bets already. Obviously, you want to see these rosters shake out a bit more, but these numbers can move. So there is some value, I think. Like over seven and a half wins for Oklahoma State, I'd grab that now if you could. And I think somebody the other day said it might have started at six and a half. Cannot fathom that if that was the case. That'd be ridiculous. All right, folks, that'll do it. Follow us on Twitter, slash X, at NWPod365. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. All right, folks, talk at you manana.